I'm Ian McNally, and you're listening to another edition of the McYap and Fries Movie Podcast. Hi, I'm Gavin. As always, I'm joined by Mr. Gavin. Yeah. Today, we're going <clears> to <throat> take a look at a new Netflix movie called uh, Jim and Andy with a contractually obligated appearance from Tony Clifton. Yes. The new Netflix movie uh, that came out the same day as the Justice League. <laughs> so yeah. I might get a bit lost. It's a behind-the-scenes look at uh, how Jim Carrey adopted the persona of idiosyncratic uh, comedian Andy Kaufman on the set of Man on the Moon. So we'll get to that in a moment. But first, we should give a shout-out to our sponsor. We are brought to you, as always, by GreenRoom136.com. And while you've heard us talk about them a lot before, you can now own one. Uh, we're in a competition for a few podcasts. So what we want to know is... We recently reviewed the Justice League, and there's rumors that Ben Affleck might not be Batman going forward. So, if Batman is to be recast, who would you cast as Batman, and why? Yeah, and the why is the important bit. Yeah. You gotta give us a reason. It can be any, you know, you can go totally crazy with it, you can be really super serious about it, or you can, you know, it can be like a joke. It doesn't matter. What matters is how creative your reason is. Yeah, and if you... uh, Come up with the answer. You can email us at podcast.mcgettemfries.com and you can win uh, Phil Collins and um, Peter Gabriel's favorite backpack, the Genesis. <laughs> what about Tony Rutherford? You know, he doesn't get any love? Well, I, I think he <laughs> what also... What about Mike Banks? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, is it Tony Banks? No, Tony Banks and Mike Rutherford. Sorry. I don't know. You're the one who fucking loves Phil Collins yeah, and Genesis, yeah, yeah, no. man. No, no, Genesis. It's Tony Banks, Mike Rutherford, and Phil Collins. Before that, before Phil Collins took over, it was Peter Gabriel. Yes. Either way, we're giving away a Genesis backpack. <laughs> yeah. The new Genesis backpack. As a messenger-style backpack, the cover is triple-lined with a layer of vinyl, making it extra resistant to bad weather. Which we get a lot of in Malaysia. Yeah, without exposed zippers, raindrops glides off its cover, keeping your stuff dry. It's got an extended inner shell. That's right. It's got twin pockets, double zip pockets on front for quick access to vital randoms. It's got a side load, front compartment large and deep with easy-to-find key ring. Mmm, large and deep. Extended inner shell to keep outside weather out. And if you want to expand your capacity, then you can add a side pouch or two because there's pockets on the side and it'll carry a bottle up to nine centimeters in diameter. That's right. It's a if kick-ass do, bag. It's a kick-ass bag. And if you do want to expand your bag, you can also go to Green Room, and you don't win this one, you can go to greenroom136.com and on their store, you can use the discount code MACYAP10 to get a 10% discount on checkout. That's mcyap one zero. So hit pause right now and go do that shit. Yes. Get yourself a bag. Or enter the competition. Daddy needs a new pair of bags. (laughs) All right. So on to our review. Jim and Andy, The Great Beyond. You're going to have people that are going to sue this production for mental stress. When the movie was over, I couldn't remember who I was anymore. So you step through the door not knowing what's on the other side. What's on the other side is everything. So, I mean, I heard about this movie, uh, I think I saw a trailer, it popped up somewhere, probably on Netflix itself, and I was just, like, fascinated. I mean, I haven't seen Man on the Moon for a long, long time. Yeah, I've only seen it once, and that was when it first came out. I think it came out, what, 99 or 2000? Something like that. Something yeah. like that. I mean, yeah, I remember yeah. the R.E.M. song, More. Yeah. And uh, But it's a great film. Yeah. It's a great film, directed by Milos Forman, amazing director, the guy who directed Amadeus, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, The People versus Larry Flint. <laughs> Fucking amazing director. <laughs> He's an amazing director, and the shit that Jim Carrey puts him through is puts amazing. It's like, you need to give me a chance to make a movie. movie. Yeah. And he's like, Andy. So, 
for me, uh, Andy Kaufman for me was never like we did get Taxi. You didn't? We did. Oh yeah, okay. we got Taxi, and I would watch Taxi. It was on like late night RTE or Channel Four, something like that at home. So we would see it occasionally. That, but that was all we would have because we didn't, we didn't get Saturday Night Live. We didn't get all those talk shows he did. So all I knew of Andy Kaufman was Laka. Yeah. No, I mean he's thank you very much. He's very much um, an American sort of creation. Now, unless you lived in America, you. You probably wouldn't know that much about him other than he, that he was uh, Lekker from Taxi. And the other thing is that he's the comedian's comedian. Yes. Like, a lot of comedians respect his work and value his work. But, like, the public were not so mad on it. No, because he was... Weird. He was, you know, no, but uh, it wasn't that. Like, the guy was an artist. Mm. He wasn't a comedian. He was actually an artist. And the kind of... Uh, he was trying to turn comedy into something that was not uncomfortable, but it was something that was a lot more engaging than just regular stand-up. Yeah. Like, he, he was he was about breaking the fourth wall and, and blurring the lines between what is real, what is fiction, what is what is comedy, what is life. I mean, it, it was crazy what he was actually attempting to do. Was he doing this because he was a fucking lunatic? Probably. Probably. You know, and, but, uh, but, but at the end of the day, he was not a regular comedian. He no. was an artist. Yeah. He was... Truly an artist. And the, the documentary is peppered with bits of his stuff and bits of the stuff from the movies mimicking it. And the thing that always stuck in my mind after, when, I think it was when the movie The Man in the Moon came out, it was the stories of the wrestling stuff I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Where he was getting into intergender wrestling, which is yeah, a yeah, bit yeah, that he yeah, went yeah, with yeah. that no one else went with him. And where he was wrestling women. Like the thing that I had no idea about was the Carnegie Hall, Hall show that he did. Mm. You know, where it was just like, he didn't fucking know what he was going to do. It was just... Well, he had some preparation because no, you know, they had yeah, all those, yeah, the yeah, rockets yeah, yeah, and all yeah, yeah. the show kept no, getting no, bigger no, I mean, and bigger no, and bigger. No, yeah, there was some prep, but the thing is, is that you had no idea what this guy was going to do. Yeah. And to see the complete immersion that Jim Carrey did, I mean... It's insane. It's insane. I remember, I remember uh, before the movie came out when there was, uh, this was when Premiere Magazine was still a thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Movie Line. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a big, big story on it. And um, I remember reading that it was down to three actors it right. was to play Andy Kaufman. It was, uh, this was, they were talking to Milos Forman. It's like, it was down to three actors. It was Jim Carrey, Edward Norton. And another guy who was completely unknown. Like, mm. he, like uh, I think Milos Forman might have mentioned his name, but he was a complete unknown, but his audition tape was amazing. Right. Like, fucking amazing. And Milos Forman was considering this guy because... I mean, think about how amazing that would have been if that was your debut. Yeah. You know? I mean, it would have you would have shot yourself in the foot because no one else would see you as anything else after yeah. that. But, but, but also, uh, you wouldn't bring but, the baggage but, of another actor to the role. But, but, to, Be- to but Milos Forman was was very upfront about the fact that all three of these guys were so good that he could not decide. And, and, and ultimately, it was decided by the studio. And doesn't, don't they say, like, uh, he wanted to do it and they didn't originally they, they, want to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't, like, they didn't want to see, like, the guy who did the mask, you know. Yeah. Um, but I remember in this uh, this interview with uh, Milos Forman in Premier Magazine that, because it's quite funny when you when you read old interviews and then when you when you see sort of retrospective documentaries and all that. And it's roughly the same story, but slightly altered. Yeah. Because people's memories are a bit different. But I remember very clearly Milos Forman saying it was down to these three guys and he could not decide because they were all three so awesome. And ultimately, it was the studio who decided because at the time, Jim Carrey was the biggest fucking star in the world. He was. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, a lot this... of people forget that. Yeah. A lot of pe- it's very easy to forget now just how massive Jim Carrey was. After the hat trick... Of uh, Ace Ventura, The Mask, and Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, uh, I still you, love The Mask. 
I love all three of those fucking <laughs> movies. Like, you couldn't touch him. No. And he, he was the, I think, one of the first to enter the 20 million club. Yeah. I mean, there's a lovely story in this about how at a certain point in the day, they have him on Oprah, is it, or something else? Mm-hmm. And it's like he wrote himself a check for 10 million and yeah. he had five years to get it. Yeah. And there's a beautiful coda of like he, his father died His father died and he, he put the check in he his put pocket. put the check in his pocket. Yeah. Which is beautiful. It's a beautiful moment. But but Jim Carrey kind of appeared out of nowhere. I mean, he was the only white guy in, in Living Color. Yeah. Remember that? Uh, wow, that's but, a flashback. But like, you know, I mean, like, I didn't live in the U.S. So if you don't live in the U.S., no. there's, there's a lot of things that are happening in, in the comedy scene, in the comedy store in L.A. and all that shit that you don't know about. For for a guy like me living in Malaysia, Ace Ventura, in Living Color, you didn't really notice him. I think we got in Living Color in the U.K. on Sky One. Like? It was like a weird filler. Yeah, yeah I mean, we got... And he was the fireman guy. He, he, I mean, he played like a few different roles, but for, but for most, most of them was crazy loud white guy. Yeah, but for most people, their introduction to Jim Carrey was Ace Ventura. This guy just appeared out of fucking nowhere, and and took the comedy world by storm. And I remember watching Ace Ventura, thinking to myself, "This movie's probably going to be shit. What is this?" And just the first la- five minutes of the box. <laughs> but he's like he's got a box that says yeah, yeah. fragile yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. beating the shit out of it. Beating the shit out of it. And like yeah. that was one of the last movies I think I saw with my dad. And my dad is like, oh, God, what is this bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> the whole movie's not like this, is it? Yeah. It's just, my dad doesn't, he doesn't, he'll like, like, westerns on TV at Christmas, but fuck me, he does not like going to the cinema. And, <laughs> and Ace Ventura was like, I think his idea is like two and a half hours of hell. Yeah. What's wrong with his face? But, um... But yeah, I mean, and then even after Dumb and Dumber, like Cable Guy didn't go, didn't really do very well. But no, I loved Cable Guy. It was I him going like, darker I, and pushing himself. Yeah, I thought Cable Guy was fucking hilarious. Uh, but after that, Truman Show, Truman Show, Man on the Moon, and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless uh, Mind. To me, these three movies cement Jim Carrey as, as an one actor. as one of the finest actors we have. Mm. There's something about him that's just so unbelievably genuine. And when you see this documentary and you see the extent to which he went. It's it's scary. It's scary. It's I mean, one thing I wanted to say as well, like it does do a good job of like in case you don't know who the fuck Jim Carrey is anymore because he's not been in big movies for a while. Yeah, yeah. like it does do a good job of explaining who Andy Kaufman is, who Jim Carrey was, and there's a lot of really nice things about Jim Carrey didn't know in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he talks about what he was like looking at the beach and like communing telepathically with the dolphins or something like that. Yeah. No, I mean some of it's hippy dippy California bullshit. Even no, no. Canadian. I mean, I think if you um. If you if you were to watch a recent Jim Carrey interview, and a really good example of this would be the um, Norm Macdonald podcast, mm. uh, you can see that there's a. I mean, and in addition to that, also the recent video that came out of him as an artist, like mm. a, like an actual painter. And people liked it, right? People liked it. No, I mean, like some of the work was amazing. Mm. I mean, some of it's kind of bullshit, but mm. some of it's truly amazing. And Jim Carrey's just at that point in his life and in his career where, honestly, he doesn't need to work. No. And so he's just indulging himself with all of these different outlets. Yeah. And he's a genuinely talented guy. Yeah. Like, there's... I mean, I brought the Dolphins thing because it leads into him being possessed by the spirit of Andy. And the extent that that goes to yeah is really bizarre i'd forgotten as well from the movie that like the cast of taxi are in this movie yeah acting as themselves yeah and yeah, like yeah. judd hirsch is there and carol kane danny devito danny devito is the, danny is a producer and yeah, stars yeah, in yeah, it yeah, yeah. and like I, you don't know he only he was andy kaufman on set he was not jim he would talk about oh i had dinner with jim or we'll talk to you i'll call jim later and ask to do this stuff and milos foreman fair to him because this sounds like again i'm amazed what's 
when I first read a couple of behind the scenes stuff where you start seeing DVD extras at a certain point in your life, you realize that like it's a miracle that any movie gets made. And then to have to deal with the main actor who who is who's lost and become yeah. this other person. Yeah. And like he's Andy off camera. Like they talk about p- people being in, in character, like what's his name? Um, who's the cobbler guy again? Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. You talk about being like super crazy meth and all this kind of stuff. This is something else. Yeah. And no, Milos this, is this, trying to, this, trying this to is, get him to this do. This is next level. It's next level shit. Yeah. And um, I think <laughs> like it says a lot about the experience that Milos Foreman Hasn't really made much since then. <laughs> like, Milos Foreman had a... I mean, Milos Foreman has always been... He's always kind of taken his time between movies. Yeah. But after Man on the Moon, he kind There's of like... two, three credits after that. Like, like you know, but more... But it's really just two. Yeah. You know, and, and, and just trying to like... Because trying to imagine how it might have been for me directing someone like that, it would have been a fucking nightmare. It would have been a nervous breakdown. It would have... Yeah, I mean... you. You'd, you'd be scared shitless. This is a major studio film. And you've got an actor who is a complete live wire, who is completely unpredictable. Yep. You have no fucking idea what's going to happen. I'd be... You know, this is like... Heart palpitations. Yeah, I mean, you... you <laughs> and when it comes to the stuff with Jerry Lawler, that like Andy Kaufman had this kind of rivalry... Not, not rivalry, this wrestling gag yeah. bit going. And from what Jerry Lawler says, you don't know if it's like, again, roasting the glasses or whatever. He's like, no, we were in on it. Or we were kind of in on it. But Jim Carrey is taking the persona of Andy, the public persona of Andy Kaufman, which was they hated each other. Yeah, yeah. And he's doing that all the fucking time. Yeah. And that's what you said earlier about Milos. Like, we need to make this movie, Andy. And yeah. he's referring to him as Andy because he, he will not run to answer the gym. Yeah. And he's doing shit and he's fucking with fucking Jerry Lawler the whole time. Jerry Lawler goes off and almost attacks him. Yeah. But I'll get to that later. There's a and point. There, but there's also one like cool bit where, because um, one thing this documentary has is that this documentary has. Jim Carrey as he is today re- recalling the experience with his giant whistler beard from Blade yeah and just talking direct to the camera and pouring his fucking heart out yeah, yeah. and that have you have you heard the Norm Macdonald Jim no Carrey? you mentioned that the, I think we, you showed me clips of it there's a bit at the end he does about taking the, there's a bit at the end of it you t- showed me which was like him doing an impression of somebody yeah 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 no no I mean it's great it's yeah. great and and you can you can see that the experience of Man on the Moon really affected him permanently yeah like permanently affected him like because after that he kind of came to this realization that nothing really matters yeah nothing really matters and that you know it's like you know free will what is that yeah like am you I know, drinking like, what is uh, it? I'm, why, I, am I drinking this tea because I'm thirsty or I'm just drinking this tea what does it matter yeah and when you listen to the the interview he gives with Norm Macdonald I mean for the most part he keeps it pretty light but there are moments where Norm sort of pushes him and he kind of goes into this thing it's like no I'm not Jim I'm not, you know, not, this isn't real. Mm. None of this is real. None of this is real, yeah. You know, and it's only a matter of time before you start to fucking flip. You start to lose your mind. But he has this crazy centered calmness. Yeah. He's so sure of this. Like, just moments of him just talking directly to the camera. It's, 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 it's mesmerizing. It's mesmerizing. Like, I could, I could listen to Jim Carrey talk all fucking day. Yeah, when it finishes off and he's taking the mic off, he's like, well, we got to do some stuff there. I was like, you fucking did. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy. That, uh, that bit when he's talking about his dad. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's really, like, hardcore shit. What freaked and me out as well was, like, I mean, as much as the cast, like, Andy Kaufman's family were on set. And, and, like, the actor who played his father got into the role of his father as well. But then you have 
Andy Kaufman's real father yeah. and the actor playing his father, and both relating to Jim as Andy. Yeah, and and, and uh, not on film, not on, not for the cameras, yeah, not for the film all cameras. All behind the scenes, just and like the sister, the sister, the, the, the daughter, Kaufman's sister, Andy Kaufman's sister was also there. Wanted to talk to Andy and relating to Andy, she wants to talk to Andy. It's like a fucking seance. Yeah, and and the daughter, the daughter that uh, she never got to meet Andy. The re- she never got to meet her father in real life. And there's no footage of that, right? There's no footage of that. Yeah, yeah. and but, they had it. They went off and had a talk for like two hours or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. That's like insane. It's insane shit. Another thing that stuck out to me was about him talking about his early career and like the roles that he got, intentionally or not, mirrored his personality. Yeah. Which is something that I never really strung that together myself at all. Like Ace Ventura, not so much maybe. But like the The mask mask. is all about the masks he's put on. And he talks a lot about this about like when you create a persona, because he very much created a persona. Like when he was doing the stand up and just Mm. coming out and going, oh, alrighty then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And. It's, I'm letting you feel at ease because I have no worries. Yeah. And that is, like, if something clicks in your brain, you're like, that makes sense for everything. Yeah. And, like, after, when he did Eternal Sunshine, he'd broken up with somebody. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was, uh, Dumb and Dumber was kind of also just losing himself in kind of lunacy. Yeah, and yeah. what was the other three roles you said after Dumb and Dumber? There was... Uh, uh, cable Guy. Cable um, Guy was also, yeah, being, like, that, letting, letting loose the demon within, I guess. And, yeah, I mean, uh, like, uh, Truman Show, being Truman stuck Show. in the bubble. Truman Show was the one that really stands out. Yeah, being stuck in the bubble. And they used footage from that and, very... Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, like, uh, it's the only other Jim Carrey movie that they use footage from. Mm. And it is very apt, because he was living in that bubble, and they cut to yeah. Christoph turning, cue the sun. Because when, when Truman Show came out, that was probably the... The absolute peak yeah. of his fame. I saw that in the US. Oh yeah, I saw that in Boston in '98. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw that in the US too. Yeah, yeah. and no, it was it like was an amazing, film. and it was completely not what you expected, and it yeah. was absolutely fantastic. And speak, and which reminds me, Peter Weir needs to make more movies. <laughs> no, I mean, if you, if you if you think of like amazing directors that nobody talks about, mm. Peter Weir is right up there. Yeah, yeah, you know. The Truman Show wasn't talked about that much either, but it's Truman like Truman Show, fucking Witness, and in this in this day of like social media stuff, it makes even more sense. Master and Commander, fucking amazing movie. There's been a lot. I don't know why it's because of this, but there's been a lot of tweets about like Master Commander and like he's the only one who get it done. He didn't want to do it three. He refused it three times or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's just been a weird theme of Master and Commander popping up in my timeline a lot. But it's interesting as well. Like he got um, Jim got uh, Andy's partner in crime Bob Zamuda yeah, yeah. to be involved and he got his his old girlfriend to uh, also be involved mm-hmm. and like they're related to him and Bob Zamuda is on board the whole way to the point where he goes to the Playboy Mansion yeah, yeah. As, as Tony, Tony Clifton. Clifton so the Tony Clifton stuff is nightmarish Tony oh Cl- Christ the Tony Clifton stuff is like you're scared and I didn't know anything about that character I remember seeing maybe a clip or something of it and like uh, it was basically Andy Kaufman or he says not Andy Kaufman but it was him in a mask and he would shit on Andy Kaufman so like I'm not Andy Kaufman and I'm just doing this. And he was like, the shots of people carrying, like he has a bag over his head when he hasn't got the, uh, the, the Tony Clifton makeup on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. he's being Tony. Yeah. And it's like, fuck. No, it's just nuts. But the whole thing, like the whole story of this is that the, the, Jim says himself, it's in the trailer, but it's about halfway through the movie where they, they wanted all this, they, they wanted a, what was it, electronic package, is what they call it? Yeah, you wanted like behind the scenes bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And instead of doing the normal, let's get Strange tonight on, they got Bob's mood to do it and they do all that kind of stuff. But at the end of it, like in the middle of it, they're talking about like they don't want to use the footage. And modern day Jim says to the camera, "Well, you know, they didn't want to put it out because they didn't want everyone to think I'm an asshole because he does come off like it's ugh, it's rough." Yeah. 
But the very end, he's talking. There's a clip of back then him talking to Bob Zemuda, saying like Universal don't want to release the footage and they don't do this and all this kind of other stuff. And like that's in the middle of it, and you're thinking, okay, that ties into what I said now. But the very fucking end, he's like, "You're fucking with me." <laughs> Bob Zemuda calls him on that. Yeah, yeah. But the moment where Bob, I had never heard of the story of Bob Zemuda going to the Playboy party dressed yeah, as Tony yeah. Clifton. No, I, I heard that story. I heard and that story. they thought it was Jim Carrey, and they yeah. just let him in. And then like Jim Carrey turns up, and it's that's that's genius. It's great. It's so fucking good. It's like a huge fuck you to the whole Hollywood machine. Yeah. And that and that was just it. You know, it's like I watched that, and I'm think I'm looking at what's going on, and I and and I think to myself, it's like well. You know, I mean, it's, you know, it's an artist who's expressing himself, but at the same time, it's like there's so much on the line yeah. that it that it does feel a little much. It does feel like like a little self-destructive. You're pushing too like, far. You're, you are pushing it too far. And, and Jim... And, and Jim, the same goes for when Andy and Tony talk about Jim. Yeah. They talk about Jim, and it's Jim talking about Jim, and he says it in the videos, like, he's yeah, when like, you improv, you get to the truth. And he's talking about, like, oh, he just wants people to like him. Yeah. Yeah, I just, he just wants to be liked. And yeah. he's like, yeah. And there's another thing as mm, well, he says, like, yeah, right, see, yeah. yeah. There's another point, he says something else, which is, like, about his father or something like that, I think, as well. He just wants yeah. his daddy's approval or something like that. And yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. holy shit, and, like, this is coming. And it, the makeup for Tony Clifton is, like, it's, it's not so good, but it's so obscuring. Even when he only just has a chin on, no yeah. hair. Yeah. It's obscuring. Even the, the stuff at the end. Mm. where Andy Kaufman gets cancer. Yeah. And like, part of the thing, if you're living in the US, people thought it was a gag. Yeah. And even like, they have the Paul Giamatti, very young Paul Giamatti, I have to explain to my girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, your man from Billions, like, wow, he's so young. But even like, th- there's a freak out of them talking to the cameras, like, I don't know what's going but on. But what was crazy about it is that by the end of the shoot, they loved him. Mm. Like they 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 loved Andy. They yes. they felt it. Like they didn't they didn't know Jim. They didn't know Jim. They knew Andy. And, and the scenes of him getting out of the car when he has cancer. Yeah, like he's like he's actually got cancer. Yeah. And and there's that one brilliant bit uh, in the early part of the film. You know, it's like you got the clapper. You know, it's like you know, you take one and then as soon as you take it away. And before they before they clap before they snap the clapper, uh, fucking Jim Carrey. That's Jim Carrey. And then as soon as they clap it, it's a Andy. different person. Yeah. And it's just amazing. It's fascinating. It's fascinating, yeah. I mean, it's not a route I don't think many actors should go down because it seems like it's a scary, scary place to go to. It's a to. slippery slope because after um, the shoot was over, as Jim Carrey says, like... He didn't know who he was. He didn't know who he, who he was anymore, exactly. No, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's the idea came across in Grant Morrison's comic of like fiction suits. You slip into fiction suits that are like ideas and people and kind of completely other stuff and you can have other ideas, but getting out of those can be kind of, kind of tricky. Yeah. You know? If you want to be, you know... You, he says a lot about when you create your persona, which he did as like Jim Carrey public persona. Yeah. You like your two choices are to destroy the persona or destroy yourself and yeah. become the fake. There was this great bit in it where, because he was saying towards the end of it, he was losing himself and he had this disastrous appearance on Arsenio Hall. Oh yeah. And as as Jim Carrey though, not as, as Jim uh, Carrey, no. yeah. And uh, when he got out there, his his agent and his manager was like, "Oh man, yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I think you might have blown it all. I think you might have blown it, man. Like you might have blown everything." And because he was and, and he's the, playing drunk. And uh, Jim Carrey says something that really just like hit me. He's like, "This is what Andy felt all the time." Yeah, because everything this man did pushed the envelope. Yes, I was just gonna say that. And um, and trying to imagine that, yeah, it's like Jesus. No wonder he got sick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you're fucking pushing it. Pushing the boundaries of, of what is acceptable, of what is real. Yeah. Of what is funny. 
you know if you've ever seen I remember seeing a comedian in Dublin who was doing the straight deadpan thing and it was not going well Mm -hmm. but they had to push on with it yeah and it just kept not going well and again unknown comedian God if you're listening hey cool to know you can't remember your name but it was just like that was three and a half minutes five minutes of absolute like I could some people just go, you know, want to drink. Don't have a drink, don't have a night out, and you can mm. have fun. Well, that was a bad comedian. They move on. Yeah. But I'm just thinking of that guy. Like, imagine yourself in that shoes. Yeah. For those five minutes alone, and Andy Kaufman did it for what twenty fucking years. Yeah. And the closest guy, like I mean, like you could draw comparisons to Lenny Bruce, but that's not that's not accurate. Mm. But but it's it's fitting that Jim Carrey should have an interview with Norm Macdonald about this because Norm Macdonald is also a little bit Kaufman esque mm. in the sense that oh, you want this. I'm not going to give you this. Mm. You know, I mean, he's that kind of comedian. Yeah. You know, I showed you the nerd writer thing, right? Which is, which is why he's not as big as he should be. I showed you the nerd writer thing about Norm MacDonald. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you watch the whole thing. Mm -mm. And it's talking about like the, 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 it's like Norm MacDonald, people think he doesn't care about the audience, but the fact is he cares so much about getting the joke right. Yeah. And to the point where the audience might not go with him on getting the joke right. Yeah. Because I remember, um, I think it was the roast for Bob Saget. And everyone who comes in there is just like railing on him, railing on him. And when it comes for Bob... Norm for, when it comes for uh, Norm, Norm MacDonald to do it, he just reads headlines from the paper. Yeah. You know what I mean? He just reads headlines. And, and, and it's like, it's such an Andy Kaufman moment. Well, yeah, there's where a point it's like, where, uh, fuck you. What was he doing? He was reading Moby Dick at one point on, yeah. on Johnny Carson show, was it? Like, it wasn't Moby Dick. It was something else, but... But yeah, yeah, like War and Peace or some, yeah. one of those fucking books, you know? And it was like, fuck you. Yeah. It was such a huge fuck you. I can give, you know, I can do Latka if you want. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. There's that weird moment with Courtney Love where she's like, do Foreign Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to do Foreign Man. And he's like, he's getting fucked yeah, up. It's yeah, also yeah. weird seeing Courtney Love in that, in that time. Because she was... Courtney Love, you know what? I mean... She did some amazing roles. She, she like, People versus Larry Flynn. That's what I'm thinking of. And fucking Man on the Moon. Amazing performances. Yeah. Amazing performances. And it's a scene of like, and, uh, and Jim as Andy dancing around the crap table and she just joins him in her knickers. Yeah, 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 and yeah, like yeah, they're yeah. getting on yeah, and love it, like love it. weird fucking energy on set. He's even walking into the wrong fucking trailer and there's like mm. blaring music and you can see, you can see Paul Giamatti be like, <laughs> you can pause. what is this guy doing? What's this guy doing, huh? Even Danny DeVito is like, it's, it's just too real. Yeah. It's too real. It's just, that's Andy. Yeah. But and it makes you and it really makes you wonder because there do, there does seem to be this this transference you know the, where where you do sort of feel that maybe that was Andy but in a way I, the Jerry Lawler stuff as well it made me think it's like it's the construction of Andy and Jim's brain in a way yeah yeah because yeah as as uh, Jerry Lawler says it's like Andy wasn't like this to me yeah. but then again we don't know yeah but that's the point. Jim doesn't know either. Yeah. So Jim is basing his fiction shoot suit of Andy Kaufman off what he knows. And what he knows is they were aggressive and fought and yeah. they did stuff. No, I thought, I thought it was... I felt for, I, every time I saw Danny DeVito, I was like, I feel for you, man. I feel so bad. Because like, he's visibly... Because he knew Andy and I don't know... He, he, I would have liked a little bit more of him talking about like getting Danny DeVito now mm. and saying Jim was on it or not. Like You don't get that element. I'm amused by the whole thing. Yeah. And Carol Kane is kind of freaked out by it. Yeah. Like, I would have liked to see that. I mean, the family buy on board, but I'd like to see them saying, like, yeah, Jim was on stage, Andy, but not. Or he was, like, real Andy. We don't really get that. Yeah. Which would have been a nice uh, coda. But again, 
just uh, watching this is like I would, Jim Carrey I would love to go for a pint with him oh yeah he just the guy is fascinating and I want him to see after this I want to see him in more things I want to see him in all the things yeah no I, I think uh, the one thing that this other than giving an amazing behind the scenes look of a of a largely forgotten film mm. um, it really does remind you why you loved Jim Carrey so much to begin with is mm. that you didn't love him because he had an elastic face or that he was really an amazing physical comedian. You loved him because there was there was truth there. Yeah. Like he completely committed to everything. So if you if you watch Ace Ventura, Ventura is not a great movie, but it works because of him. Yeah. I mean, he goes there. Yeah. The Mask is a pretty hollow movie. There's not a whole lot there, but he is so captivating. Mm. Same thing with you know, um, you know, Cable Guy. Cable Guy, it's what he brings to it. And then when you see the darker side of that in films like Man on the Moon and Internal Sunshine, you really get a sense of a true artist. This man's not an actor, he's an artist. Mm. And uh, I, was, I was blown away by it. I mean, it, I can't imagine what it must be like to really go that deep. Yeah. It's crazy. He's a deep sea diving actor. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I highly recommend watching this film. Yeah, if you have any interest in films or acting or anything, it's it, it's a fascinating look at what goes on behind the scenes and what just goes on in actors' heads. And especially because there's no, like, you know, documentary on De Niro doing Raging Bull or any of those kind of things. And it's just, even just for an interesting Jim Carrey interview, it's fascinating. Yeah. So definitely check it out. It's on Netflix. And uh, if you do see it, let us know what you thought. I'm on at McNasty Prime on Twitter. And I'm uh, at GavYap on Twitter. And I'm at GavYap77 on Instagram. And I'm also on McNasty Prime on Instagram. And you can also email us on podcast at mcgavyapandfries.com. And uh, let us know what you thought. And thank you. And good night. You want to say something? Bye.